hello and welcome to the podcast series about building a future-ready workforce, where we discuss ways to help our workforce deal with an uncertain future during these unprecedented times. My name is Rebecca Schupp and I lead digital marketing at Infosys USA. Our guest today is Ranjana Joshi. Ranjana has over 18 years of HR experience and has played multiple roles within HR through these years. Ranjana is currently playing the role of HR business leader for Infosys USA. Ranjana, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so glad to have you. It's my pleasure to be here, Rebecca. So Ranjana, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your journey as an HR professional? Sure. It's been an exciting journey, um, although I have spent most of these 18 years, 17 years in emphasis, uh, but I do feel that I have changed uh, jobs within the organization multiple times because it's just given me so many opportunities to play these different roles uh, from business partner HR to playing uh, change initiatives uh, to driving change initiatives in the organization to leading large rebadging deals for our clients. And now here I am in the U.S. playing the HR business leader role for Emphasis USA. Uh, so it has been truly an exciting journey. That's fantastic, Ranjana. Thank you so much for that insight in your, in your journey. Um, so let's dive right into today's topic, which is focusing on health and well-being, especially during these unprecedented times. Health is central to human happiness and well-being in general. But I think since the, the outbreak of the pandemic and a lot of people have to like work from home or most of our employees are working from home now. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty and the workload is still piling up and there's anxiety managing um, the work life and the, the life at home. So um, let's talk a little bit more on what can be done um, from an um, enterprise to focus on their, their employees' health and well-being. So Ranjana, what can organizations do to pr protect their employees from feeling isolated and stay healthy and productive during these unprecedented times? You know, it's, it's interesting how people are so busy, uh, rather extremely busy in these times, uh, playing multiple roles, um, given that they're working from home. They're just not employees, but, you know, they are the mother, the father, sibling, and now playing even the role of teacher, right? So it's very interesting that while you're busy, you're yet feeling so uh, lonely and um, isolated. Um, and it's, it's interesting. One of my colleagues the other day uh, called me uh, to say uh, how lonely he was feeling. Um, and that's when I asked him, aren't you really busy? So what's this whole feeling of uh, loneliness? Uh, and and it's interesting. We we used to work on the same floor, and uh, you know that's when he said, uh, you know, there was variety um, when we were working at office. You know, we had people. We uh, we got into smaller conversations um, in between meetings. Uh, we spoke to multiple people. So he said, while we are doing a lot of work and we're playing multiple roles, there is still the sense of. Um, loneliness and isolation and and that's when it also hit me that yes i mean we would pretty much speak every day but uh, now is the time when it's been over a month and we haven't really had those kind of conversations 
right so that's why i think as organization it's really important given the times we are in to really recognize the human needs to understand that they are just not your employees you know just having to work but there are lot of other tasks and things that they are juggling with so it's extremely important to recognize that human need be able to empathize and then act accordingly i would really like to talk about three key aspects or things that we can do to help our employees from feeling lonely or isolated right one is check in and stay connected um, and when i say check in doesn't mean that you have to call in to check you know have you completed your work and you give me another half an hour or one hour but it's really about uh, having those regular video chats with our employees uh, maybe afternoon coffee breaks or sometimes morning breaks or it could be happy hours but the whole focus is to check in and ask how everyone is doing right it's really shift from calling in to check on transactions to really building that relation and furthermore encourage them to share uh, the emotions share their experiences what they are going through and you know hear them out so i think checking in and staying connected even though it means virtually is possibly the biggest thing that we can do it sounds simple but it's it's important second is uh, i would like to put it as empathetic flexibility uh, you know flexibility is something that we've always thrived on as organization more so being in the it industry unlike manufacturing where you have to clock in the exact hours but i think the need of the hour is being empathetic to our employees and therefore empathetic flexibility what do i mean by that right is to really rethink our work schedules i mean do people need uh some flexibility when you when you have to set up meetings i mean the the normal tendency is to think that anybody would start work at 8:30 or 9 in the morning right so it's 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 okay to just set up meetings as early as 8 or 9 but do you really want to consider the fact that that is the same time kids start school so maybe there is some time people need during those morning hours to make sure that they are all set from from um, child care perspective right so is it okay to start some of these meetings a little later in the day right so that is flexibility second can we really tell employees and our colleagues to take little bit of time out during the day to enjoy learning you know it could be things that they that will help do their work better or they could be things that really interest them but can we really give them that flexibility of hours to you know break the monotony of the work as it is we know that the number of hours of work have gone up significantly uh, because of the remote working and and the other aspect of flexibility is can we really tell our employees to say hey you know what listen to music it it's it's such an such a great emotional healing uh, you know that that it brings to you so can you take a few minutes break in between enjoy music enjoy music with your team members right so this is what i call empathetic flexibility lastly and i think it's a very powerful one which we don't recognize is commit act of acts of kindness right it's it's important in these days to encourage everyone to be kind to others uh, and more importantly share 
their experiences or the gestures with the rest of the team or their colleagues, friends, because this is something that is so fulfilling um, when you actually do it and you share with people. So these are really three things which I believe are simple, doable, and will have a larger impact. I, I agree, um, Ranjana, and thank you so much for sharing these insights. Um, and I think the main point to sum up what you said is basically keeping it human, remembering that um, it's not you don't it's not a working machine that you're dealing with, yeah. right? It's a, it's a human being who needs flexibility, who needs to be able to vent um, and to also, you know, who really appreciates um, a small acts of kindness uh, during these times. So do you agree that working from home affects psychological health? And so as an HR person working in, an, in a company, how does the HR function ensure people are staying focused, committed, and happy? Not just in your team, but what can HR do to make sure that um, everyone stays um, in a happy and healthy mindset? Sure. Uh, you know, there is not a lot of uh, research around work from home affecting psychological um, health, uh, right? While there are multiple people who have possibly worked from home, uh, but this is a phenomena, right? This this pandemic has literally moved 100% uh, work from home, um, unless otherwise you're really working in essential services. And for our industry, like I said, it's pretty much 100%. Um, but what I would like to highlight is that we are seeing the impact, you know, so slowly we are seeing some of the trends changing, um, you know, after people have spent now close to four or five months working from home, we are seeing that shift um, and impacting psychological health. Uh, but overall, working remotely provides several challenges um, to employees. Um, and I would really like to call out maybe three or four. One is the loneliness, which we just spoke about a little bit, collaboration and communication challenges, not being able to unplug, um, and of course, distractions from home that all add to your psychological health in one way or the other. So uh, what can we do? I mean, of course, we can do multiple things. Um, and more than doing things differently, I I think that the emphasis is the shift, right? Um, and I would like to really talk about three or four things that I think have gained priority um, as compared to the earlier days. One is uh, building trust, employee voice to build trust. What do I mean by that, right? I mean, any organization, any team, any working relationship obviously has to have that trust. So what's really new, right? But building trust in a virtual working environment. When you're working together, you see each other. You see what each one is doing. You're able to just walk up and say, hey, you know, and strike the conversation. But when you're working remotely, how do you really build trust? So I think creating that environment where you feel safe, where you feel that you're trusted, I think is of utmost uh, importance. So what can we do, right? We, what we have done and what we can continue to do is provide forums that encourage employees 
the freedom to express ideas, to really give feedback and transparent feedback. I mean, there may be differing opinions, but encourage them to talk about it with leadership or HR and to really show that their voice matters because they are indeed unprecedented times. Everybody is in a very different uh, situation and mindset. But what we can do as an organization to really create that environment where people feel safe about talking how they feel with absolutely no threat of retaliation. So what we are doing is to step up the game of communication, right? We are doing regular town halls, leadership connects, and making it an interactive mode of um, communication. So it's a combination of lead and lag um, indicators that we're tracking, but uh, some of these initiatives uh, will go a long way in building that environment. Secondly, employee assistance programs. Um, you know, we all know that EAPs, uh, we always talk about EAPs and that's an offering uh, that, you know, we we all talk as organizations is important, but I think it has it is seen a significant shift in the way these assistant programs are being used and how relevant they have become in these times. I mean, you know, when you work at office, all of us are rock stars and, you know, we don't know, uh, we don't really talk about stress and, you know, you focus on your work and then you get back to home, your role changes. It's, it's very difficult to first recognize that times have changed and that we are under stress, right? But because you're so used to uh, doing everything that is asked of um, and performing exceptionally well. But, uh, but with things changing, I think it's very important to offer every employee the opportunity to use these employee assistant programs. And what does it do? It has really helped people navigate the ups and downs of life. And the big aspect of these EAPs are it is confidential. It's a round-the-clock service that helps employees and their families balance the demands of work, life, and personal issues. And we are also encouraging employees to engage in yoga and meditation, which um, I think adds to uh, being calm in these times. Third aspect is uh, all about fitness, right? And again, nothing new. All of us have been talking about fitness, but I think it is becoming super critical given the times to keep your mind healthy, right? And I'm seeing very disturbing trends in the current context uh, from a fitness standpoint, which are influenced by longer working hours, sedentary eating habits, less physical movement, no exercising, you know, which all leads to stress and your psychological frame of mind, right? And therefore, we are focusing largely on, um, on, on coming up with initiatives or programs that encourage um, fitness. I mean, all of us need that nudge. Sometimes we really have to forcibly make some things happen. But given the, the need for it, uh, we are we have really designed our employee engagement pro programs to accommodate the aspect of fitness. 
And how better can we do it when leaders themselves are standing up saying, this is what I'm doing and why don't you do? This is how it has helped me. So why don't you try? So that's the third uh, way of addressing the psychological health. Last one that I would really like to call out, which is again a very underestimated one, but an extremely powerful one. See, working remotely has not only um, not only bridged, I wouldn't say bridged or uh, blurred the lines between work, the physical workspace and home. But I think it has also blurred the line between geographies. You know, now that you're working remotely, you can work from anywhere, which means you're working with teams uh, who you might not work before. You're working with teams who come from different, diverse cultures. So I think it's extremely important to embrace the diverse interests and perspectives and actually celebrate them. And, and one, I would just like to highlight one thing, which is the employee resource groups that we have encouraged in a big way in the organization, right? These employee resource groups, they are initiated by employees. They are creating a common purpose of promoting an inclusive work environment um, they come together, they understand each other's cultures, they let people know what is important and why it is important for a certain group of people, a certain community of people or a certain nationality. And I think that is a big way of big way to create an inclusive work environment and more so in the given um, times. Absolutely, Ranjana. And do you think that these employee engagement programs and the initiatives that you just um, mentioned um, improve productivity? You know, I wouldn't say there is a direct correlation, um, Becky. Uh, I mean, it's very hard to measure uh, the well-being programs and productivity. But what I would like to say is, see, the well-being programs obviously uh, makes employees healthier, but I think they make employees more importantly happier you know and we know that there is a strong correlation between productivity and happiness so if you have happy employees productivity goes up and i have i strongly believe that your well-being programs as holistic as they are go a long way in making employees happy uh, and 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 that's where i would like to highlight another shift or trend as well where most companies are now not thinking about what is the return on investment of my wellness program, right? But they are thinking or looking at it as what is the value on investment of wellness, right? So I think that's a big shift. So uh, to, to answer your question, yes, well-being programs definitely improve productivity, but I would like to really highlight the aspect of happiness, you know, in this in this uh, whole thing. And what does it also do is when you offer your employees a wellness program, essentially what are you telling them? You're telling them that you respect them, you trust them, and you want them to be successful in life. It's not just about the task or you know the work that is given to you at workplace, but you matter to us as a human being. So we want you to be successful in life. And when you create a safe environment through this and when you when you show them that your interest lies in them being successful uh, in, in their life, then I think the employee morale automatically goes up. Right. And when that employee morale goes up, then 
you know that they go all out to uh, to improve productivity because they just enjoy doing what they are uh, doing so when it comes to employees it's not about you know the healthcare cost or you know whether uh, productivity or absenteeism that's not really what matters to employees yet it's important to us as organization but when we have these wellness programs and we tell them that we care i think they have fulfilling and enjoyable job to do and that's really what matters from their perspective and it has of course a big impact on productivity and the organizational outcomes when you have happy employees that's really how i would like to put it yes i i agree because it's also there's you can feel isolated in front of your computer and it's this this weird world where you everything is digital and sometimes then this is from personal experience, you might seem to lose connection to yourself or to the real world because you're glued to your screen for like eight plus hours a day, right? But yeah. if the employer gives you the opportunity to squeeze in a 30-minute yoga class or, um, you know, I don't know, reminds you um, to like go out and take a walk or go for a run, it helps you reconnect to yourself and, and which keeps you motivated and productive. So. Um, Totally yeah. with you there. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, uh, Becky. If I can just add um, a quick instance, right? I mean, we we just we did this yoga session, um, and one of the one of my colleagues uh, called me to say how um, that that little time helped her realize um, self. Uh, self-value or self-worth right it's like me time and you know what am I really doing to myself absolutely um, so let's take this um, whole discussion about the well-being programs a little further and let's talk about recruitment and retention um, I think retention is a big challenge that um, HR professionals and business leaders are facing. And do you think that well-being programs at work would help with employee retention and sustain um, a high employee morale? Well-being uh, is not the only reason why employees um, stick stick around, uh, but I definitely think it's a big influencer, uh, right? I think it has a major role to play for a potential candidates to make a decision of joining an organization uh, or to stick with an organization. While there are multiple factors that impact attraction and retention, um, given where we are today, I think well-being um, and wellness programs does have an impact. Um, so, so that's really how I, um, I look at it. Obviously, we've spoken about the benefits of the wellness program um, from an employee morale standpoint, right? We, we know that it definitely improves your happiness. It definitely improves your employee morale. So if you're satisfied, I would like to believe that, you know, our ability to retain these employees uh, is definitely so much more higher and better. But what I would also like to highlight um, is that wellness programs are clearly um, clearly stand out. And even if people decide to leave for other reasons, I think this is something that people will take with them, you know, and they will become truly our ambassadors. Because what all of us remember is 
how did the organization take care of us right how did they respect us how did they value um, us as long as we were associated with the organization and i think that is something significant which all of us remember for a very long um, long time and so what i believe is this holistic approach or a comprehensive approach to wellness program and the fact that we care for our employees life overall i think is what will take us a long way in not only retention but more importantly to really create ambassadors for us as organization which of course eventually will help us to attract more and more talent so do you think that the well-being plan the work life balance um strategy of a company should be part of the employee value proposition um when we go out and recruit um potential candidates and then when they join us should this be a central part of the message that we send to our employees or that companies send to their employees it it should be um because like i said and i think most of the conversation we are also talking in light of the changing dynamics or the changed uh, dynamics right and that's where wellness really becomes much more priority um, in fact i would like to say that you know wellness should really be a management problem or it's a management priority because it uh, it has a big role to play like we just discussed in keeping employees happy at these times and you know its impact on productivity right so it it's it's really on the table right now so i think yes i mean it should be core part of our employee value proposition I agree. So, um last but not least Ranjana, how can we measure um employee well-being? What what do you think is a good standardized tool to measure um employee happiness and well-being? So, there is no silver bullet uh, to this question, uh, right? Because well-being um means different things to different um, employees um, and that's where uh, you know even when we come up with initiatives um we do different things hope, hoping that one or more will strike a chord with um fewer or more employees right so there is really no silver bullet uh, but what what we should do and what we do is a dashboard of various um key employee well-being indicators you know that serves us um really well and we are able to effectively gauge the well-being of our workforce and if i were to call out some of them um uh, they are um the the shift in reasons when people quit right the attrition reasons why people are leaving the absenteeism rates um the vacation usage you know how many people are taking vacation or sick leaves are they taking them more often less often you know either ways it 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 sort of rings a bell uh, the number of employee grievances um the number of accommodation requests um what's the participation rate like you know when you do so many of these initiatives events you know are people really interested are they participating so some of these things is what we um track um periodically and that gives us a good sense of how um, employees are um, feeling um, and and we do see there are 
um, certain pockets where we see these um, these metrics changing significantly. There are certain locations where we see these metrics changing significantly, and that really raises an alarm, or you know, it, it gives you a comfort that what you're doing is really working. It, it's really a combination of things that we need to look at. Ranjana, I couldn't agree more with all the points you made during this chat today. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk about um, focusing on health and well-being in an organization. Thank you so much, Becky, for, for this conversation. Um, and like I mentioned in several times during this conversation, um, I think it's really uh, well-being is really core. Um, given the times we are in. Um, and I think, you know, this really defines the heart of the organization. Um, and uh, that that's really uh, our focus at this point. But it's really great having this conversation with you. And uh, I'm so glad that you brought this up um, as, as a topic of uh, significant importance at this time. Well, we're so glad that you made the time and that you shared your valuable insights from your long career as an HR professional. So um, thank you so much. And you are listening to the podcast series about building a future-ready workforce. Make sure to tune into our next episode. Have a wonderful day. Oh.